Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to let you know that there was an update to the Heaven Hill strike situation right after I finished recording this podcast. So you'll hear a moment where I will jump in as future Cliffy uh, to give you my thoughts once that update happens. Um, But for now, enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Bourbon Bites podcast. I'm your host, Clifton, and first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for all of the support I've gotten since launching this on Friday. I was a little bit nervous. I knew I I wasn't sure if I was going to keep up the podcast, but the support has been overwhelming. The feedback has been fantastic. Some of your suggestions uh, were to improve the audio quality a bit. I've upgraded my uh, mic setup. Hopefully my audio is just a little bit better better this episode. So I'm actually recording this on Saturday, October 23rd, which if you've been following anything about the Heaven Hill strike, you know today's the day that they are voting on a tentative agreement uh, to hopefully resolve that and end that situation. I do have a few news feeds pulled up, so at any point when I'm recording this podcast that news comes through, I'm going to give you an update on how that went. So I know a lot of people have been following the story very, very closely. To me, I was aware of it, um, but I didn't really know the details um, for the strike itself. So I thought it'd be kind of nice to go through what's all been going on, because it is a really important moment in bourbon history, especially in the labor force during the bourbon boom. I think it's something we need to talk about. So for the past six weeks or so, there have been over 400 workers at Heaven Hill that have been striking. And those are union workers. They are upset about some changes that are being made uh, with healthcare and with scheduling. So I think previously weekend scheduling was separate from people that work during the week, um, but it sounds like they're kind of wanting more people to work weekends and uh, the union's like, uh, no. (laughs) So there's definitely some disagreement there. Um, But there's also other issues outside of that. Those are just the two big points that people are striking um, and causing, you know, this movement right now. As some of you may know, I am a big fan of Heaven Hills whiskey. I'm actually about to pour some Elijah Craig Barrel Proof C921. Um, I just recorded a full review of this. I've done it in a blind flight. Uh, But I feel like this whiskey is not getting enough attention or maybe it's just not out there enough yet. Um, So I thought it was relevant to pour. I know it's a little controversial. Some people are saying, you know, don't buy Heaven Hill. Um, I will say this bottle was sent to me by the brand to review, so I did not purchase it. Um, But I don't think, you know, the work that went to this 12-year-old bourbon really uh, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what's going on now. Not to say that those those employees did not contribute to this bottling. I'm sure they did. But I, I feel like just dismissing this annual release that everyone looks forward to because of the strike would be, I, I guess as a, a, I guess a whiskey podcaster now, I guess I can call myself that, uh, a bit of a disservice to you guys. Because I know a lot of you out there are also fans of Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Um, so let me go ahead and open this up. This will be my third time trying it. I'm putting out a video, um, I think probably either today or tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this. I'm, I'm hopefully uploading this podcast on Monday. I think it's going to be a Monday thing. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'm alternating between Mondays and Fridays. So if you have any opinions on when you would rather listen to new episodes of the podcast, please let me know. It's either one of those two days. Um, I'm, I'm open to all options. But So that video is coming out this week. Um, but I also wanted to you know, go a little bit deeper, You know, have this throughout this whole recording session, maybe spend a little longer on it than I did with the full review. So let's go ahead and pop that cork. Now at this point I'm about halfway through the bottle so I've definitely been enjoying this one. 
So in addition to the actual news and facts about this strike, I did kind of want to share some of my thoughts on it. Um, I know I'm not in the industry necessarily. I don't know the struggles that these employees and the union has been going through. Um, so I'm speaking as an outsider looking in. So please take my my words that I say today as just uh, a Bourbon fan, a Heaven Hill fan, and not uh, a relative or anyone related to the actual uh, you know, industry in terms of the produ production of bourbon. So just want to make that clear. So as a lot of us know, the bourbon industry is definitely booming right now. There are so many bourbon fans out there and then distilleries are struggling to keep up because in the past, you know, five years or so, uh, there's been a growing uh, interest and demand for bourbon, something that has kind of been unprecedented. So of course, distilleries are, you know, building new rickhouses, um, hiring new employees, you know, doing everything they can to keep up with the demand. And I know sometimes that does weigh a lot on uh, the employees, which is what we're seeing here. You know, Heaven Hill's wanting, you know, more hours, weekend hours that weren't traditionally uh, expected from these employees. They're wanting them to work more, um, which I, I understand being upset about that. Um, so I, I do fully support the union. I, I, I trust that the, the workers know what's going on. A lot of times, you know, even me being a Heaven Hill fan, I, I have opinions. I'm like, surely they wouldn't be, you know, harmful to their workers but you really never know unless you're working for them so again i'm not speaking on the specifics on taking sides necessarily i'm just saying i understand the struggle on both ends i understand heaven hill needs to keep up with demand but i also understand you know these workers have lives outside of um making bourbon um, and i think that's very important i i'm one person to value work-life balance that's something that's really really important to me it's always been important to me um, so that's why I understand, you know, that side as well. Um, there was a bit of an issue that happened on October 13th where a, a truck actually uh, flipped over. Um, so I don't know if you heard about that, but it's basically because the driver was making a, what they say a threatening gesture towards a striking worker. So there was a bit of, you know, bit of uh, aggression there. I'm not sure, you know, who initiated or whatever. Uh, fortunately, you know, no one was hurt. But it is it just shows that there are tensions on both sides, both with the people that are striking and those that are not. Um, and tensions even rose higher this past Monday when Heaven Hill said, you know, hey, if we can't reach an agreement, we're just going to hire new uh, employees to replace these people that have been here for, you know, their families have been working for Heaven Hill for, gosh, I mean, generations in some cases. So there were tensions were very, very high earlier this week. And I think on Friday, uh, there was a resolution that was kind of put forward that seems like it benefits both sides. Again, I don't know the details. People have reached out for details, have not gotten anything on that. So today is the day that they're actually voting on that. So either the result basically end of today is the strike is over. Everyone's, you know, not, I wouldn't say everyone's happy, but everyone is satisfied or they decide, you know, we're not going to vote for this. This is not what we want. And it's going to go on. Um, so like I said, I'm going to let you know if that comes through while I'm recording this. Hopefully so. I would like to give you more of an update versus just um, talking about it um, when we don't know what's going to happen. Hey, future Cliffy here. Uh, so I actually just finished recording the podcast and literally 15 minutes later, uh, I got an update. So it sounds like they voted to end the six week strike. An agreement was met um, under a new five year union contract. 
uh, the president of the local 23D, um, I guess that's the union itself, uh, Matt Aubrey, he released the following statement. This new Heaven Hill contract is a strong reminder of what is possible when Kentucky workers stand together to protect the good jobs that keep our economy growing and our communities and families strong. With the strong support of the Bardstown community, including many local businesses and community leaders, these hardworking men and women at Heaven Hill courageously stood up to fight for what all Kentucky families want, good jobs, affordable health care, and to be treated right by the company they made a success. Together, these hardworking Kentuckians preserve the affordable health care, overtime pay, and fair scheduling that enables them to balance work with supporting their families. So I'm so glad to hear that an achievement, or an agreement rather, was made. Um, I think this is such an important moment. I'm glad that, you know, they they stepped out of their comfort zone and they spoke out about this issue. Um, and yeah, that's actually great timing because this is maybe a bit of a news update for you guys rather than just, you know, me ranting and giving my opinion. Um, you heard my opinion. I'm not going to change anything I said, uh, but I'm very, very glad to hear that they have reached an agreement. So that's that. Let's go ahead and get on to this Elijah Craig C921 review because uh, it sounds like things are, things are good again. So <laughs> I'm happy to share my thoughts with this year's release. Coming in at 120.2 proof, um, this one's actually, of course, 12 years old, which they've kept the age statement, thankfully. Non-chill filtered. Um, and like I said, this, this one's slowly making its way out there. I think I have not seen very many people been able to find this on the shelves. I, I have not seen it locally. I'm still just now seeing B521 uh, showing up at some shops, so I'm excited to hopefully see this around. Um, spoiler alert: if you if you have <laughs> if you haven't seen my blind flight or my review of this yet, um, definitely check out those first. But uh, that's just spoiler alert. This one was my absolute favorite of the year. I I think this is just an exceptional expression of Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. It's everything I want it to be. So let's go ahead and uh, give that a nose. And just to note, I'm actually drinking this out of a Kentucky bourbon trail glass this time. When I did my review on my blind flight, I had it in a uh, Glencairn glass. Um, but I want to do it, you know, when I'm just sipping casually, these are the glasses I reach for the most. They're just so much easier to drink from. And also, they're a little little less snobbish, let's be real. <laughs> the nose is very, very different from what I experienced with the Glencairn. So to me, this one is a lot uh, sweeter on the nose. And there's a lot of those alcohol notes. It's very obviously a barrel proof based on the nose kind of hard to stick your nose in there because it's so strong <laughs> but there's a really nice layer of oakiness i think the uh, the age itself shows on the nose so well you can tell that this is a very well aged bourbon um so let's go ahead and dive in and uh, give it a taste cheers man i can see why i picked that as my favorite it's just if you've ever had elijah craig barrel proof before and you feel like certain releases lately have not stood up to what it used to be now Granted, I am speaking, I haven't had any ones before um, late 2018. Or actually, no, sorry about that. The first the first Elijah Craig Barrel Proof I ever had was A118, which was the January 2018 release. So I know the old Pirate Barrel is very, very popular, um, but I have not had that one. So I don't know for sure what it was like way back then. Um, but I do know that this is one of my favorites lately. Um, if you may know, I constantly compare all of these to C918, which is what I always said was my favorite batch. However, that one's lost in a few blind flights. I did not compare this one to that one. Um, but if y'all are curious to see, you know, what my favorite one from three years ago compares to this one, let me know. So I'll definitely do it. Maybe that'd be a good podcast episode. Um, but 
I just got to say that of all the 2021 releases, this is hands down my favorite. The B batch was, you know, lower proof than ever before. The A batch was, you know, it was fine. I didn't love the A batch. I thought it was a little harsh. Um, but the C batch just goes right back into that territory that I absolutely love about Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Uh, I got to give a second sip. Oh, yeah, that's like really rich, dark baking spices, even bake, baked bread notes. Like sometimes like a crust on a bread that got a little burnt. Um, but there's also like a really bright sweetness there. So it's like it's a combination of two types of crust. So like a little bit of a burnt crust on a pastry, but also like a creme brulee crust, like the layer that's on top of a creme brulee um, that's got the char, of course, whether you're using the um, <laughs> flamethrower or however you want to do it. Uh, torch, I guess, is the proper word. Flamethrower might be a little extreme. Um, but yeah, it has that like that little burnt sugar kind of note as well. But it also has, I guess it's like a burnt note, but like maybe that's the barrel char. I'm not sure exactly what's giving me that note, but it's a very, very pleasant note. And this whiskey is just so well-rounded. It's mouth-filling. It sticks to the sides of your tongue. I mean, I'm so sad that I'm over halfway through this bottle now. I, I really want more of it. It's it's just a quintessential example of Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Yes, the price has gone up a little bit. I think it's around, uh, man, it's probably up at 70-ish now. But I mean, I think I still think this is one of the best bottles of bourbon under $100 that you can get. And I stand by that. I do want to talk a little bit of some gaming news that made me very, very excited to read the other day. Rockstar Games announced the Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy Definitive Edition, uh, which is a remastering of Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. These games were so important to my childhood, and I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous because you're like, Clifton, why were you playing Grand Theft Auto as a child? Look. I <laughs> I went to a Christian school. I had to have some kind of release, and Grand Theft Auto was my, uh, I guess, release into you know what the real world was actually like. So I started playing Grand Theft Auto 2 um, way too young, definitely not meeting that rating on that game when I was a child. But I just absolutely fell in love with the franchise with that release, and I've been playing it ever since. I've, I've been such a adamant fan of Rockstar. I think they put so much effort into their games. They put, they continue to support their games for years and years and years after they're released. I mean, look at Grand Theft Auto V. That came out, I think, in 2013, and they are still putting out updates for that game. It's been almost a decade. Oh, man. So I, I am just a huge fan of Rockstar games. So when I saw this announcement, I, I, I got so excited. Now, I do already own these games. I own the standard edition on PC. Um, I think I bought it on sale. There's like a sale at one point where they were like $7 or something like that, under $10 for all three of them. It was a crazy, it was a while back. But um, this new new remastered release is going to be $60, um, $59.99, and it's launching uh, digitally on November 11th, and then launching, there's going to be physical releases on December 7th. Um, so it's going to be released digitally and physically on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox One. Um, which also the new Series X and Series S consoles and PC, which is obviously what I will be buying it on. And apparently they're launching on iOS and Android in the first half of 2022. Uh, so that's a really another exciting thing about this. And you may be wondering what happens when you remaster a game that's 20 years old. Um, but it sounds like they are giving these a complete overhaul. I think most important, the most important notes to know about these, these uh, remasters is they are upgrading the controls to match with a more modern uh, control system. So it's going to be very similar uh, camera controls, uh, driving controls as the latest release, Grand Theft Auto 5. Um, they're also updating the uh, targeting and lock-on aiming. 
uh, their weapon, radio station wheels, mini maps, um, and enhanced navigation. So it's going to make it a lot easier to play these games because I know some of the early ones that was kind of uh, <laughs> definitely when you're revisiting, you're like, oh man, these controls suck. So it's so nice to see they're getting more modern controls. Um, but not only that, but they're also redoing the entire lighting system. They're using a new graphics engine um, to build the game. So totally new lighting of the skies are going to be completely you know, changed. Improved shadows, weather, reflections, upgraded character models, and vehicle models. Along with just overall higher resolution textures across the game. So I'm really, really excited to see there's going to be new foliage. So some places that might be a little barren in the other releases, they're actually going to be upgrading that. And they're going to have more plants, you know, more trees, and of course, better draw distance. Because that's that's always the struggle, right? Um, when you're playing an older game, the draw distance are just not that far. You can tell <laughs> the limits of it. Whereas modern games, you know, they try to hide, you know, that it's not rendering all these graphics. I'm really excited to revisit Liberty City, Vice City, San Andreas um, in full. Uh, not necessarily, you know, like they're, they're not remaking it. Let's also be clear. It's not like it's a totally new game. It's not going to look like Grand Theft Auto 6, <laughs> but it's it, from the trailer they released. Um, you can check that out on the Rockstar Games YouTube channel. There are some very, very significant upgrades, and I'm so excited for those. I can't wait. I've already set a reminder to pre-order this um, because, yes, $60. Yes, I'm buying the games again, but you can tell a lot of work went into this thanks to the Rockstar team. So um, let me know. Are y'all excited for that as I am? Because I just, I guess I'm just a Grand Theft Auto fanatic. <laughs> Hey, future Cliffy here again. Um, since <laughs> the resolution was made in the Heaven Hill strike, um, since I recorded my outro, I'm just going to do this little intro here to the intro to the outro. Is that what it is? I guess that makes sense. Thank you all so much for listening to the second episode of the podcast. I absolutely love to just sit down, have a glass of bourbon with you and uh, just share my thoughts for, you know, 20 ish minutes or so. Um, so have a wonderful week. I will see you either uh, next Monday or next Friday. Like I said, I want to do it once a week. Just haven't quite decided on a time yet. So if you want to give some feedback on this, of course, you can always email me, contact at bourbonbites.com. You can call me at 818-660-5782. Or you can visit our Whiskey and Gaming Lounge Discord server at bourbonbites.com. Um, love to hear your feedback and suggestions for episodes. If there's any games coming out that you want me to talk about, please let me know. But until next time, this has been Bourbon Bites Whiskey Reviews with the Gaming Twist. I'm Clifton. Cheers. And I'll talk to y'all next podcast.